0: And happy new year. Welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show, rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. Uh, I hope everyone had a good uh, past two holiday weekends. Welcome to 2022. I hope it's better than 2021. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I, I'm going to be an optimist. Why not? Uh, i've got a cool show for you today we've got some uh, we got some predictions for 2022 emron's got three i'm gonna respond to them i'm going to give you some of my own uh, i'm also going to give you my bests of 2021 um my games of the year list is up on fanbite.com but what about other stuff what about music what about movies what about TV shows i want to tell you my picks for the bests of 2021 but first we have to talk about this week's top story. <music> This has been a relatively slow week, but there are still three big stories I want to tell you about. The first, of course, uh, coincides with my biggest story of 2021. If you listened last week, it's all about labor. It's all about misconduct. It's all about uh, uh, wage gaps. And this time it's Riot. Uh, of course, Riot was really one of the first major companies to be hit with an expose back in 2018 about wage gaps, about uh, discrimination against women, against uh, about harassment within the organization. Um, they uh, settled with the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing uh, for a $10 million settlement, which was actually rejected. And they had to renegotiate. And finally, we know what that settlement will be. They accepted it. It is now a $100 million settlement. Uh, some of that is paying off lawyer, lawyer's fees and other legal expenses, uh, but $80 million of that is going to go to a victim's fund. So that $80 million fund is for current and former employees both full-time and contract in the state of California who worked at the company from November 2014 when the first complaint appeared on record until now. Um, so now a third-party overseer is going to basically watch over internal reporting that's going over that's going on there as well as the pay equity processes over the next three years. Those reports will go directly to the California Department of Employment and Housing. So that seems to be a fairly decisive end here. Um, I want to remind folks That uh, in this process, uh, Riot had actually wanted this to go to arbitration. They said that these uh, plaintiffs had no right to to sue them over these things. Uh, And arbitration, of course, benefits Riot more than it benefits the plaintiffs. Uh, Of course, of course, of course. And so when employees basically walked out to protest this move, Riot did relent and allow this to go to uh, court the way it did. And that's how they ended up with this $100 million settlement. So remember labor movements, they, they can make things happen. That walkout directly, uh, led to riot relenting and taking it to court and ultimately basically agreeing to do this massive settlement. And I'm glad it went from 10 million to hundred million because 10 million was not going to cut it. Um, but that's a big development in this case. And we will of course keep our eye on it. Of course, I have to tell you legally, well, not legally, but ethically that 10 cent owns both Riot and also FanBite. So keep that in mind. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, we we look at injustice wherever it is. Doesn't matter who our parent company is. Uh one of the major stories of the week that, you know, may not be on your radar, because I know, I know our website, I know our listeners, we don't have a ton of sports fans. Uh, But we do have some. Uh, And John Madden, who is a legendary NFL coach, a legendary broadcaster, and a legendary video game pioneer. And yes, I do mean that. A video game pioneer. uh, He died this week at the age of 85. Uh, of course, I, 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 you, the things that you may not know, he is a Super Bowl winning coach for the uh, Oakland Raiders franchise, now the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he won the Super Bowl with them in 1977 uh, and then retired just two years later because he was super burnt out. He then became a broadcaster for many, many years for CBS, Fox Sports, NBC, ABC. Uh, basically, work was one of the first broadcasters to work for all four. Uh, if you've ever seen a telestrator, you know the little thing that you can draw uh, on the TV, uh, like you know, to diagram a play or to just like draw, um, draw like an arrow towards something. Uh, he really popularized that. He was the first major sports broadcaster to use that technology, and now it is so commonplace, not only in sports but also esports and also across a lot of other mediums. So. Uh, He was really a pioneer. And of course, he lent his name to the Madden franchise. Uh, Back in in the 80s, when Trip Hawkins uh, founded Electronic Arts, he wanted to make a football simulation uh, that emulated a lot of the pen and paper games that he grew up with playing. Um, And, you know, they started to make a game. They wanted to cut a bunch of corners, but they wanted to involve John Madden in, in, in the game uh, just to, have, to use his name and likeness to try to sell it. John Madden came on board and said, hey, you can't cut corners. you got to make this 11-on-11 11 11 realistic football. It's got to be a real football simulation after many years of delays and a bunch of other problems that the game had, including hiring Bethesda to finish it, which never really happened and it ended up with lawsuits. But that's another story. Um Uh, it finally came out John Madden football in 1988, uh, that became a, uh, yearly, uh, release starting in 1990. And eventually the NFL license came to the game and now the rest is history. It has sold like 150 million copies since its inception. It's, uh, paid, it's made, you know, 4 billion plus in revenue. I think that number is up to like 6 billion at this point. Uh, it is just one of EA's, uh, evergreen, massive franchises, Really, no matter what you think about football games or the sport itself, uh, or even what you think about the franchise now, like I would be the first to tell you that the franchise right now is not where I think it should be. It is not a super great game of football right now. It is focusing way too much on Madden Ultimate Team. It is focusing way too much on, I think, the stuff that actually is not as fun. Uh, but, But all that stuff is super popular, so they really don't have any incentive. Anyway. I digress. It really doesn't matter what you think about it. John Madden was a pioneer in basically every field every field he entered, which is something you really can't say about that many people. So his death and his legacy will be remembered for a very long time. Uh, and yeah, uh, he leaves behind a wife that he uh, was married to for 62 years, Virginia, and their two sons, Joseph and Michael. There is an interesting uh, documentary going on, uh, going around. I think you can see it on Hulu and maybe a couple other places. I think it's going to be on ESPN plus in a couple weeks. weeks. Uh, it is called all Madden. Uh, I don't think it's as comprehensive as I expected it to be, but it is a nice little look at his uh, legacy in all three of those phases that I mentioned, uh, coaching, broadcasting, and of course his contributions to the video games. You should check that out. Uh, finally, um, uh, folks that have been, uh, head down with final fantasy fantasy 14, uh, might not have noticed this, but, uh, the creative director, Naoki Yoshida, of course, uh, Yoshi P, uh, thank you so much for your contributions to, uh, the, b- the best MMO on the planet. You can find uh, all of that information over at the link shell.com. That's our final fantasy 14 vertical. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but Yoshida is also directing final fantasy 16. Yeah, you may have known that, but he also uh, he also released a statement uh, last week that says that the game is going to be delayed uh, by about six months. Uh, Now, we don't know when it was supposed to come out, so it could have been next year. It could have been uh, could have been this year, could have been next year, could have been whenever. But now we know that it's going to be six months past that point. Uh, there were rumors going around that it was going to be, uh, be a 2022 release, but now I think really smart money is that is going to be a 2023 or later release. Uh, but because of the shift of working from home, you know this, I don't have to say it. COVID, working from home, the, pan, the stress of the pandemic, it's all stuff that makes total sense. It's really hard to work in this kind of environment, and they've had to adjust a lot of their processes, and it's going to cause that delay. So uh yeah i mean if you like yoshida's work it's all over final fantasy 14 you could go play that right now and it'll keep you busy for a very long time if you've never played it um because 16 is going to get a bit delayed uh but that's okay it, it it takes time to uh to make greatness and i expect good things from final fantasy 16. read about which games I thought were the best of 2021. You can do so over at fanbite.com. I ranked 10 of them. I probably played 25 games, so it's not a massive pool. Um, but you can read why I think Wildermyth is the best game of 2021. There, I spoiled it. Wildermyth is my number one, but you should read the rest of the list. You should read my entry about Wildermyth to understand why that game is so special. We've, of course, talked about it on this show before. We've interviewed Nate Austin a couple weeks ago. Uh, You can go back and listen to that whenever you want to. Uh, But that is my game of 2021. But what about other stuff? I do other stuff. I listen to music. I watch TV. I watch movies. I watch professional wrestling. So what are my picks for 2021? Let's start with movies because I have a confession to make. 2021 probably marked the year I watched the least number of new movies. Um, I watched plenty of things that I've seen before. But in terms of movies that came out in 2021, I didn't see that many of them. So let's talk about the ones that I saw that I liked. I might even tell you about some of the ones I saw that I didn't like. Um, The French Dispatch. Yeah, it's Wes Anderson. I know a lot of people clown on Wes Anderson, but you know what? He's got a style. At least he's got something. Um, His movies are still dreadfully white. They're very, very, very uh, um, devoid of what I would say is realistic culture. But that's okay. Like Movies that you see on screen, they don't have to depict something close to real. There are these little storybook fantasies, and I think Wes Anderson's pretty good at crafting those. I have to be honest. And the French Dispatch is pretty good. I don't think it's his best, but it's a movie that I I watched pretty recently and I enjoyed. Um, it is basically told in the style of putting together a, uh, a, a news magazine in the style of like the New Yorker. Um, and uh, I really I thought the format of the movie was interesting. I thought the performances were pretty good, uh, and I thought it was uh, well shot. I really did. So French Dispatch, one of my best. Let's talk about The Matrix Resurrections, another recent release. I have thought about this movie a lot since I saw it. I think it has its problems. So let's talk about those for a second. I think the movie actually introduces a lot of really interesting ideas in its first hour. And then I wouldn't say drops them, but definitely kind of leaves them hanging and then kind of switches them out for a different set of problems. So I thought it actually was more interesting in its setup than its execution, but I still thought the general premise of this film, I won't spoil it for you, uh, was really nice. I thought it was nice, you know, and it was just, it's just kind of nice to have something nice. Um, they kind of set up, I feel like maybe a potential for more movies. I kind of hope it, I I kind of, hope, I'm, I'm, I kind of hope they don't. I think it's a nice button. On the whole thing. I think it served as a nice epilogue, a nice PS to the original Matrix trilogy. And I really liked it. I really did. I didn't think it was as cool as it could have been, but I really did like it. But I think my best, the best movie I saw in 2021 was The Green Knight. Uh, and it's the first movie I saw back in theaters. Of course, that might have had something to do with my, uh, my feelings toward that movie. I do think it dragged in spots, but for the most part, I thought it was a... Beautifully shot, beautifully acted, and just a bizarre retelling of the old Arthurian legend. Um, And I really loved Dev Patel's performance as this kind of witless, uh, total unearned confidence knight that's trying to do something impossible. Um, And I really enjoyed the film. So Green Knight probably gets my best of 2021 but i don't have a ton of conviction behind these movie picks i don't think this was a particularly good year for movies and the ones that i've missed i need to go back and watch them i haven't seen pig yet there are other movies i haven't seen so i need to go do some cleanup in early 2022 but those are my picks for 2021 let's talk about music um Again, my, my habits have really changed with music. I don't really listen to full albums back-to-back the way I used to. I used to love doing that. I've really gotten away from that. So a lot of these are singles or tracks from individual tracks from an album. Uh, but I do have some recommendations for albums overall. Uh, two of my two of my favorite albums this year uh, were Parquet Courts' Sympathy for Life. Parquet Courts is a rock band that sometimes I bounce off of because they're just so New York. They're like so New York that it's really hard sometimes to listen to them and not be like, I guess I'm missing something because I'm not from New York. I don't know. I don't know how to describe that, but I I feel like it's true. Uh, New Yorkers, you might know what I mean. Or non-New Yorkers, you might know what I mean. Uh, But I really loved Walking at a Downtown Pace and Homo Sapien. Those are two tracks from that album. Homo Sapien really slaps. Um, I, I liked that album quite a bit. Another album I liked is, uh, Faye Webster's I Know I'm Funny. Ha ha. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Atlanta Millionaires Club, but I do think it's very, very good. Uh, Cheers is a great track from it. Uh, and actually there are a lot of really solid tracks from that album. So I love that new Faye Webster album a lot. Um, and let's talk about uh, uh t- two other uh two other ladies that I think did some really good music this year. Uh Caroline Polachek, uh formerly of Chairlift. Uh, she released an album a couple of years ago called Pang, which I really, really liked. Uh, and she released a single this year called Bunny is a Writer, which I really, really liked. You should go check it out. Uh, and she also contributed to one of my other favorite songs of the year, Charlie XDX's New Shapes. Uh, along with Christine in the Queens. Um I think that song is really really good. Uh and yeah, just really good pop music. And if it's any any indication uh between that and another single that Charlie XDX has dropped, uh that upcoming album of hers is going to be pretty good. Uh so yeah, that's those are my music picks. There's not a ton to choose from again. I didn't listen to a ton of 2021 brand new music. So yeah. That's that, those are my those are my musical recommendations. I watch a lot of professional wrestling, but I have to be totally honest, the most wrestling I watch is AEW, and I think it's the best wrestling. I've watched WWE, I've watched New Japan this year, I've watched some indies. I still think AEW is the most consistent product for me. I'll give you some highlights. Um, I think Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, that they went to a 30 minute draw earlier this year uh, on uh, AEW Rampage, was one of the best matches of the year. It was super, super good. I cannot wait for another showdown between those two. And then Brian Danielson tore the house down again against uh, uh, Hangman Adam Page in their title match. Uh, on dynamite just a couple weeks ago that match was amazing it went an hour it's a draw i don't care that i just spoiled it it's worth going back and watching even knowing that that is the uh eventual result it's a so, it's super super good but uh two kind of un- more under the radar matches well i don't know how under the radar they are but you know CM punk returns to uh returned to action this year that was one of the biggest surprises prizes of the Uh, of the decade in terms of professional wrestling. And he had an amazing match with Eddie Kingston, uh, which I loved every second of uh, on All Out 2021. Please go watch that match if you can. It's bloody. It's brutal. It's relatively fast, but it's just so good. Um, And I I really loved uh, Punk in Kingston. That was a really, really good match. Actually, was that All Out or was that it was? No, I'm sorry. That's not All Out. That's full gear. Excuse me. All Out is when Punk came back. Full Gear is when Kingston and Punk had their match. So go go watch that. It's really good. And also the ma- series of matches between Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb, uh, two of the best uh, women wrestlers in the world, two of the best wrestlers bar none. Who am I kidding? Uh, and those two had a series of matches that I love going back and watching. Uh, the intensity. Uh, Serena Deeb is like, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I cannot believe. Well, I can't believe it, but I I can't believe that WWE missed on her so hard, uh, but they did. She's an incredible wrestler, and it's amazing that AEW has given her uh, a, a place to shine. So, yeah, AEW is really good. I don't know what, to, what else to tell you. If you're going to watch a wrestling promotion uh, propped up by a billionaire, make it AEW. That's all I got to say. All right. Let's talk about TV. Let's talk about returning shows and let's talk about brand new shows. Uh, Returning shows, I thought three really stood out to me. I think you should leave. um, Season two came out. It's not as good as season one. I'll just say that straight up because it's just not as surprising anymore. You know, Tim really Gave it a lot in season one. Season two also had some great surprises and sketches. Uh, not as good, but I still laughed a lot watching every episode, which breeze by. Like, you can watch uh, you can watch all six episodes of that season very, very briskly. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is a show that I only this year watched, and it returned this year, and it was amazing, as always. Um, that is so good. If you, for some reason, saw the movie and thought, Okay, I don't really need more of this. Like, please give the TV show a shot. It is so good. It is better than the movie. Um, and I don't know, it's just it's it's super, it's as funny as all my friends uh told me it was for many, many months. Uh, and also, of course, the GOAT succession. Succession came back for season three, and it was as Shakespearean as it's ever been, uh, for better or worse. Uh, I don't know if I think Succession was as good this year as other years, but I will tell you this. That show knows how to end. That show knows how to end its seasons. Every single uh, finale that it's had has been one of the best written episodes of that show. I, I thought the finale of this year's uh, season was one of the best episodes that they've ever released. So uh, if you want to catch up with Succession, I think you should. It's a really, really good show. Um I don't know. Don't, I don't know there, there, there are detractors and I, I, it's okay to not like a show, but some, some of the things I've read about why people don't watch the show or don't want to, I don't know. Just watch it. It's good. Just try it. If you don't like it, that's fine. Uh, but let's talk about new shows. Um, mayor of Easttown was a limited series, um, that Kate Winslet was in is an HBO series about a detective solving a murder in Pennsylvania and Kate Winslet does an amazing uh western Pennsylvania accent which was incredible uh very very uh, western Philadelphia, excuse me. It's not it's it's specifically a western Philly thing. Um and I thought I thought it was really good. I thought the I thought the show was good. I thought the soundtrack was great. Um good good performances and I I really enjoyed it. It's got a bit of an anti-climax. So if you're one of those people that has to have this, like, incredible climactic ending to a show, it doesn't do that very well. But I thought it was very, very good. Um, Yellow Jackets is... Gaining some steam right now on the internet. I feel like a lot of people are finally kind of catching on to it. Um, I have been with this thing since the pilot. It's not over yet. I think it's still got three episodes left. Um, And it is one of the most interesting new shows uh, on TV. It's on Showtime. Um, it's got a really interesting cast. It basically involves a plane crash, uh, in the mid nineties with this girl's soccer team. They have to survive in the woods and it also flashes forward to them, uh, in present day dealing with how they survived that ordeal. It's got some kind of weird witchy stuff in it and some supernatural stuff in it. Uh, if, if you're thinking lost a little bit, think maybe lost combined with, I don't know, Eggers, the witch but kind of not, I don't know. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I think it's got some uh, some issues. I think it's got a little bit of a pacing issue. I think some episodes could probably just be shorter overall. Uh, but so far, I think that's one of the best new shows of the year. Uh, and Station Eleven is a, uh, a, a single-shot series uh, based on a book. Um, it's about a pandemic So if that's not something you're into right now, I totally get it. Um, But it's a little bit, it's more about the aftermath of a pandemic. It's definitely post-apocalypse, but it's really interesting. It's kind of about uh, art and culture and what it means to be human and what it means to survive and thrive. Um, And I think it's really good. I think it's one of the best shows of the year, but it's not the best show. I have to level with you. It shocks me to tell you that the best new show of 2021 uh is Hawkeye. I-, I know. And it's not, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's not high art or whatever. It's not this like amazing melodrama with you know, super engaging characters. But it's one of those things that, like, when the MCU really works, for me, it's really, really nice. It's really lovely. It's, it's got interesting characters, it's got interesting plot lines, it's got interesting uh, connections to some of the other properties that they've done. I actually think the new Spider-Man was the opposite of that. I thought they didn't do all of that stuff very well. I thought they basically wrote a script that tried to logjam as many things that we could recognize into one, two and a half hour package and, and, and expect us to be super happy with it. And I didn't think it was very good. But I thought Hawkeye, the show, was actually very good. I feel like when the MCU is a little more grounded, and I didn't say gritty, but grounded, I really like what they do. It's like how Shang-Chi, the first hour, was really good, but then I thought the back half of that movie was pretty bad. Um, and I, I don't know. I really liked Hawkeye. They made me like a Jeremy Renner character. Um, I thought all the performances were really nice. I thought Kate Bishop's introduction into the MCU was really, uh, was really lovely. Um, and, uh, there are surprises too. Um, and I won't spoil what those are, but I think, you know, if you were excited about one of the cameos in the new Spider-Man, I think you'll also be pretty excited about another fairly interesting character introduction in the MCU. So, um... I thought Hawkeye was really good. It was my favorite show of the year. It's a Christmas show. So if you like Christmas shows, you know, maybe wait a calendar year and put that on to watch it or just watch it now. Everybody's kind of still in the spirit, I guess. But um, yeah, Hawkeye was probably my favorite show of 2021. And it's got a lot of competition, but it was my fave. Um, yeah, what are your favorites of 2021? Let me know over on our Discord, fanby.casa. I'll see you there. 2021 was full of wild surprises in the games industry, but what will 2022 bring? Uh, We asked uh, Imran Khan to give us three predictions and he gave us three. So I'm going to listen to him and then I'm going to respond to him. So let's go. Number one, Imran's first 2022 prediction. I think we see a more powerful switch in 2022. Okay. A new, more powerful Nintendo switch. Now, he doesn't say it's coming out in 2022. He says we're going to see it. And I agree. I think they're going to give us another 4 or 5 months into 2022 to let that OLED sales window kind of close. Make sure they've got as many of those units moved as they think will reasonably happen. And then they're going to then they're going to say, "Oh, by the way, we have this new thing and it's a more powerful switch that's going to make the frame rates of these games that you're worried about Uh, even better. Um, I think Arceus, the Pokemon legends game, I think I have nothing to support this. I think that game was probably supposed to come out with a, with the pro Nintendo switch. And I think it's going to languish. I think it's still going to come out. I think it's frame rate is going to be bad. I think it's going to get hammered on the technical side because I don't frankly think that team is very good at doing technical performance stuff when it comes to the Nintendo Switch. We've seen it before with other Pokemon games that should not have run as poorly as they did, but they did. Um, And I think they're going to give it a few months. They're going to say, hey, these games are going to run better. Hey, Splatoon 3, Breath of the Wild 2, all that stuff. It's going to run really well on this new pro switch, even the original breath of the wild, that's one of my favorite games of all time. And it's still pretty framey to be honest. Um, Yeah, I think we see it. I think we get an announcement. Uh, I don't know if we get it released in 2022 because that would seem pretty fast and also would seem to fly in the face of predictions that there will still be a lot of shortages due to COVID uh, based manufacturing delays and things like that. So I think we'll get an announcement. I don't think we'll it'll come out, but I agree with Imran. I think we see it. I think it's a pretty good prediction. All right, what uh, what else you got, Imran? I think the sequel to The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, will release in 2022, but will be very, very divisive. Ooh, okay. Now we're talking. The sequel to my favorite video game of all time will come out in 2022. Let's tackle that one first. Is there kind of two predictions in here. Uh so one is that it'll come out this year. I believe that's true. Um I've seen things online that would uh, lead me to indi- that would lead me to believe that this is the intention of Nintendo. Uh that that it comes out sometime in the winter fall winter of 2022. Um yeah, that makes sense. I think Imran's right. Uh, that 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 checks out to me, and I think it's time. I mean, 2017 was when we got Breath of the Wild 1. End of 2022, if we get Breath of the Wild 2, it, that's a pretty big gap between Zelda games. So uh, that would check out. The other part of his prediction is that it will be divisive. That's so interesting. I think... <sighs> I think it could go one of two ways. I mean, I think that's like maybe not a super controversial prediction because... Yeah, I think almost no matter what they do, they're doomed to be divisive because there's one path that they could take, which is we make it very much just like the original Breath of the Wild. It's an open world. You can do all this stuff in it. And, you know, exploration is really the name of the game. You can tackle things in any order. It's very, uh, it's very open ended. Um, they could do that again. And then I think a lot of people go like, well, you didn't take that many chances. Um. Or they could go and change a lot of that formula. I still think maybe the moment-to-moment physics-based gameplay of that game will still be intact, but maybe the flow is different. Maybe it's a little bit more linear. Maybe there are more opportunities for linearity that Breath of the Wild, the original, doesn't actually afford the player. So that would also be divisive because it would also be changing a formula that I think a lot of people, myself included, are now really, really, really attached to. Um Still, I think it's going to be well-received, but there's almost no way. And what a challenge for a team to have, right? There's almost no way they could come out with something that surpasses expectations because they set the bar so unbelievably high in the original. But you know what? I can't wait for them to try. I really can't. All right, everyone, what else you got? I think we will see a new Mega Man X game in 2022. Ooh, a new Mega Man X game. That's really interesting. I have no inkling about this one. I have no idea. I have no idea if Imran is pulling from uh, actual knowledge or if this is a total shot in the dark. If it's a total shot in the dark, I'm going to say no. I mean, I, I just have no reason to believe that they would go back into that. Well, I don't feel like the new Mega Man... Uh, game did all that well to them it didn't it didn't set the world on fire i feel like and they kind of changed the the format a bit so it it didn't look as good it didn't play as well um it involves some mechanics that i thought were okay but not that interesting uh but you know what i would i would take it because i think Mega Man x introduces some mechanical wrinkles that are to the series benefit um, I think there are other elements of that series that I don't like as much, but I do, I would definitely welcome it. I mean, they, they did the remake and not remake, but they basically did the, the continuation treatment of the original Ness mega mans. So why not? I don't know. I think it's a cool idea. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's get some more, uh, let's get some more Sigma. That's the name of the guy, right? <laughs> All right, thanks, Emron I really appreciate those predictions and pretty interesting. But what about what about some other stuff? I, I I've got some ideas in mind of what's gonna happen. I'm just gonna throw some stuff out there. Um I think Elden Ring is gonna by far outsell everything else that uh that that From has made, um, ushering in a new era of maybe maybe a two studio system for From to do more frequent releases. That's kind of a predictable one, but one that I feel pretty strongly about. I think Elden Ring is going to sell super, super well, way surpassing, um, you know, Sekiro did really well for them. But I think Elden Ring is going to do even better. Um, so that's that's one prediction. I think the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven next gen or current gen at this point um, release it will actually go pretty well. I know you may not want to hear that, and that's fine, but I think it'll probably go pretty well. Um, I think a lot of people will probably forget about all the problems that the game has had over the past year. Um, And I think they will actually add some content to the game that makes people forget how bad the past year has been with that game. Um, I think they're very invested in making sure that that game is actually well-loved by even its detractors. Um, and I think they'll probably have a pretty good redemptive arc. I don't think it's going to be anything like no man's sky or final fantasy 14. I don't think that at all. Um, but I, I, uh, yeah, I, that'll, that'll be interesting. Um, let's see. I think final fantasy 14 is going to make a very, very stunning announcement, uh, involving basically the next step. Uh, of their game. They're going to have a lot of post uh, In Walker content to come out in 2022. But I also think they'll announce that they're basically building an entire other world. Um, I think it's going to involve nuking your character, and that character will basically stay on Aortia, and you'll basically have this one kind of server that handles the Ewerzia stuff, and you'll have another server that handles whatever new world that they're building is going to be. Um, that's a, that's a, I I feel pretty strong about that one, pretty strong about that prediction, but we'll see. I think they are going to take the opportunity to start people from scratch all at the same time with a massive player base. I think that's going to be really appealing to them. And I don't think they're going to pass that up. I think we're going to get some PS one classics announced for the Nintendo switch. I think we're going to get Xenogears. I think we're going to get Chrono Cross. I think we're going to get Parasite Eve. I think we're going to get Final Fantasy Tactics. To me, I just think it's time for Square to say, "All right, you know what? Fuck it. Let's put these games somewhere, right?" And I think they'll I think they'll come out. I think the 2K NFL arcade game will do well enough to make the NFL not want to renew their contract with EA to exclusively do simulation. Now that one I have to tell you is wishful thinking, but I'm hoping it's true. Cause that would be really interesting to me. I think God of War Ragnarok like sweeps game of the year stuff at, at the game awards next year. Not that that matters too much, but I do love the original 2018 God of War. I think that game was the best game to come out that year, uh, and I'm I'm pretty excited about the the follow up to that. Um, I also think it's going to kill Kratos. Maybe not, you know, maybe not literally kill him in the game or whatever, but I I do think it'll be the end of Kratos' journey, and we we pick it up with H uh, Atreus after that. That's what I think. Um, and I think that's really those are really my most strongly held convictions. I think the AEW wrestling game comes out. I think it's probably too similar to N64 games to really set the entire world on fire, but it'll be a good nostalgia trip. Um I think we get a new Mario game announced. I think it's probably Odyssey 2. Uh but I don't think it comes out next year. Um Yeah, those are my predictions. I think Sony's uh um uh, Xbox Game Pass competitor. I think that does pretty well. I think they probably sat back and looked at how well that the Xbox has done their stuff and how poorly PlayStation's done theirs, and they they turn it around. Um, and I also predict predict, uh, bleh, predict that uh, Starfield is really good, and it's super buggy. Those are my predictions for 2022. Uh, What about yours? Give me your predictions over at fanbyte.casa. Give me your big 2022 predictions. I want to (laughs) know. Folks, you do not need to worry about big new game releases this week because basically everyone is still on vacation, so don't sweat it. But we do know new things that are coming to PlayStation Plus this month as well as Xbox Game Pass. Let's start there. There are three new things coming to Xbox Game Pass in January. We don't know what's leaving yet, but let's start with what's coming. Uh, there's the Anacrusis, which is a four-player co-op first-person shooter uh, where, where you fight hordes on a massive starship. Uh, and what sets this apart is that there is this, uh, sophisticated AI that they're touting, uh, that'll like make every run through of this a little more interesting than your typical horde shooter. Uh, so that will be interesting. Uh, there are a lot of horde shooters right now that seems like maybe the next big fad. Uh, but the Anacrusis at least looks like it is doing something a little bit different, which is cool. Uh, wind jammers two is coming to Xbox game pass on January 20th, 2022. Uh, it is a pong. It is a street fighter. It is, uh, a very very cool uh, game if you never played the original wind jammers I recommend it wind jammers Two looks like more of the same uh, and it looks great looks uh looks looks really neat. I will probably uh, try my hand at that when it comes out on January 20th. Also coming January 20th is paparazzi that's a kit fox joint um and you take pictures of dogs on an island. I don't think you need to know anything else uh, than that so yeah that's also very exciting. Uh, in terms of PlayStation Plus, uh, we have a couple of really interesting uh, games coming. We have uh, Persona 5 Strikers, uh, which is a PS4 joint. Um, so if you haven't gotten your hands on that, you'll be able to get it for free if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber. Uh, also, Dirt 5, a racer, a rally racer uh, that is pretty good. Um uh, apparently, uh, so that's great. Um, uh, I am a forza person, but Dirt does some really cool rally stuff. I've never really played it, but it's always well reviewed. Uh, and then finally, is Deep Rock, Rock Galactic, uh, which is a very cool four uh, player co op shooter. Uh, these like space dwarves doing some mining stuff, uh, and there are waves of aliens that come after you. We actually played this on stream on PC, like. I don't know. A year and a half ago, and it was pretty fun. I really liked it. So, if you uh, if you want to play it, you can get it on PS4 or PS5. Uh, so, yeah, that those those six games we know are coming to those two services, uh, and we don't know much uh, beyond that. So, stay tuned. We'll know probably more by next episode in terms of what's coming and leaving Xbox Game Pass for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what you can expect uh, this coming month that is going to do it for this very first episode of 2022 of thanks for the knowledge i want to thank uh, paul tamayo for all of his wonderful production work on this and every episode of thanks for the knowledge if you want to follow paul you can do so over at paulie mayo and please listen to the optional podcast it's his excellent podcast right here on the fanbite network that he hosts with uh, Camp Brewster, you should definitely check that uh, podcast out, it's one of my favorites uh, it's such a good wind down show I know that I say that every week but I mean it and also thanks to Imran Khan for giving me some of his predictions, if you want to follow Imran you can find him at Imran Z-O-M-G over on Twitter and of course all of the news posts on fanbyte.com uh, and you can find me John Warren over at Twitter at Floppy Adult, you can find fanbite at fanbite Media, you can of course join our Discord, please do it's a great place to hang out. It's fanbite.casa. That is fanbite.casa. And of course, fanbite.com. Uh, we we just did a redesign and you should check it out and let us know what you want to see uh, coming up. It's an iterative process. We're going to add stuff all the time. It's going to be really cool. Um, and until next week, you're welcome.